The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Hey, it's Mooney from the Mooniverse, and welcome to the Step Into Your Spiritual Spotlight podcast. I've taken the very best of what I've learned over the last decade of working in the spiritual industry, and now I'm bringing all the teachings, all the tools, all the resources, and all the stories to you in this podcast, where every week you'll meet a new spiritual entrepreneur who's out there doing what they love. They could be just starting out or finding big success, but I want you to connect to the stories and feel connected to the journey. I'll see you in the podcast. Hey everybody, it's Mooney and welcome to another episode of the Spirit Step in Your Spiritual Spotlight podcast. And this is our opportunity to share the story of what it's like to really go from being a fan of spirituality to working in the spiritual industry, getting out there, sharing your gift with the world, helping other people, making money, doing what you love, everything and anything in between is the best way to describe it. And in this episode, we're joined by Diane Courtley. I'm saying your name right, right? Yep, you okay, are. Okay, perfect. And Diane and I, we we go back. We've known each other for a while now. We've been working together, yeah. you know, you know, in the last couple of years as Mooniverse has started to grow, and like that whole process has been amazing for me. But you've also been growing too. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're working on, and uh, what's right in front of you. Well, I have many hats. My husband and I own a few businesses, so I'm a busy person. But my first love is talking spirit, all things spirit, of course. I have everything from a trucking company to a gift shop to a six-suite B&B. So I'm, you know, hands in everything and love it. But I'm an author. I have a best-selling book, uh, Amazon bestseller. And yeah, I love Talking Spirit. I host workshops. I have classes and um, teach other people how to do this thing that we love and to try to inspire people to do things their way (laughs) through spirit, all things spirit. I love to do things and teach people how to be their own guru. Love that. Cause Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would benefit from being their own guru, but there's a lot of things that a lot of steps in place that are in front of that, like trusting yourself and trusting your intuition and learning how to listen to your body and all those things. So I'm sure that's, that's part of where it all goes. So Part of what we do with the 21 day challenge in the Mooniverse is we really, really drill down on this adjective, adjective, noun, verb. You're going to hear us say AANV. That's like the shorthand that's come out of that. What is your AANV? How do you present yourself to everybody in the industry? I have to write that down. I'm terrible at this. Mooney, I have to tell you, I've changed (laughs) so many times. But basically, you know, I, I think of myself as an author who likes to, an author and a practitioner. I call myself an energy interpreter is what I do. Because I like the thought of just interpreting energy. I don't like to be pigeonholed into anything. I think that's why I'm having trouble with my adjective, you know, because I'm like, I change it so often because I do. But realistically, at the end of the day, I have had tragedy in my life. So I like to, I'm an energy interpreter that likes to teach people how to move from tears to trauma to tranquility. You know, it's like move from either tears to tranquility or trauma to tranquility and to get to that space where they really move from grief to living a joyful life. That's really what it's about when it comes down to it. So I'm I'm working with that and just trying to, like I say, I change it all the time. But really, that's what I like to do. 
I mean, I got to say, that's pretty good. When you go back and listen to this, I think you'll you'll realize when put on the spot that what you just said is really close to where you're going with it. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things I want to applaud you for is there's this thing that happens in personal development and spirituality where these teachers are like, well, I'm going to take you from the utter depths of despair to the highest descended reach of joy. And like, everything's going to be certain like the it's, it's really hard. And I know, you know, this for people that are in grief or in trauma or in that place to imagine a life in that extraordinary thing is so out of reach in some cases that, that really you're just trying to get them to like a safe space. Exactly. And so the way you said from tears to tranquility, like there's something about that that hit me really hard because in those moments where you're upset or you're sad or you're lost or confused that to, in, at least for me, sometimes I just need something to hold on to. Like I just need to get my head above exactly. water and I need to like breathe and just be in a place before I could even consider anything else after that. And it's so smart to kind of put that into the frame of what you're working with, because then it says a lot to the people that you might be encountering that if you're looking for, you know, coaching to get you from, from your plateau to extraordinary, that may not be, I may not be the person that you need to be working with. I'm really looking for people who are in the depths and that I want exactly. to bring them up to, to a neutral state, you know, or exactly. the tranquility. Yeah. Tears to tranquility. I am a huge fan of alliteration. <laughs> all the time. (laughs) So that already wins for me. But tell everybody listening, because I think it's important. So how long have you been doing your spiritually based business? Because I know you're business oriented. And that's an important thing for people to realize is that you don't have to just be spiritually business based, like you can have lots of businesses, you can have one foot firmly in your career, and be doing a little bit on the side with the spiritual business thing, you can wait until you retire, there's all sorts of ways that you can do this. But, but tell me how it started for you on the spiritual side of this. Well, okay, so I had a tragedy in in my life. Um, It'd be 24 years ago, 23 years ago now, my son was ran over by my best friend and lost his life. And for a lot of years, I just searched, of course, being a person that's lost a child, you know, you can read all the books, you can take all the classes, you can do everything, but you have to move through the pain and the shift that happens. In, in your life, um, I had two other young boys to look after. So I was fortunate that I was able to, you know, get my head out of the grief enough to live life daily and not just put myself in bed and not get up. And I've, I've met parents that are at that space. And I think a lot of times when they get to the um, even the older when they lose older kids and they're home alone, it would be harder to get back into life because you don't have that where I had that. So I had two young children to get back into life. So, but I moved through the the trauma of it and my family moved through the trauma of it and we kept it together. And it was probably, it, so in 2015, so in 99 was when I lost my son, he was six years old. And then in 2015, after just searching for everything spirit, I woke up one day, it was 2014 and decided, well, you know what, I'm really interested in mediumship. I'm just going to go to a weekend class. So mm-hmm. I brought myself in, went to this class. And the funniest thing happened while I was there, the first day I sat through the whole workshop and I'm looking around at all these people and all the talking going on and everything that came up that the instructor and people that were doing this were talking about, they were going, I, I'm sitting there going, well, I do that. Well, I already do that. 
doesn't everybody do that? Like I didn't understand that everybody didn't live their life that way already. So here I was searching for something that I was doing anyway, but it was a part of who I was my whole life that I didn't realize. And the funny thing is my husband, who he always would say to me, Diane, you see things different than other people. Or Diane, you know, you're always three steps ahead. Diane, you know, and being a kid, I was a know-it-all. So I got in trouble a lot for being a know-it-all. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. I was like, why can't you see that that's what's happening? Right. So I always had it. It was in me, but it wasn't until 2014 that I started speaking the language of it and really putting, you know, words to what I was doing and recognizing that I always kind of knew I was different than other people, but I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. Me, it was just who I was. It didn't make sense to me that other people couldn't intuitively know things. So went to that class. And then after that, I really started listening and paying attention to spirit. And I have to tell you at that time, I was meditating every day, every day. Like, you know, if I was going somewhere, my kids are in hockey. If we were on a road trip going to hockey, my husband was driving. I was eyes closed, just tune in for a while and just sort of find that space. So I was really on cue at that time. And I talked to Travis, my son, all the time. I could hear him and I just thought everybody could do that. Like you're intuitive, you're a mother, you're in, you know, I'm, and I was always very open to it. So I think at that point, I just started speaking the language of spirit a little bit more. And then I was listening to him and being pushed by him a little bit to write his story. So I did. So in 2015, I wrote his story, wrote a book about our our journey and how he works with me now. So he does work with me all the time, especially when I'm doing readings for people that have lost children. He stands I was going to ask if if he has become a huge part of your spiritual practice and he's, you know, involved in it and it makes perfect sense that he would be. What was that first communication like going all the mm-hmm. way back to that point? Yeah, it started right from the time he passed. I saw him right away. Well, it, it's in the book. There's a whole story. I actually, I was very, very blessed the day that my son died. And it's hard to say things like that to some people because they're like, whatever. But I got to see my son's spirit leave his body Mm. in the room after the doctors had called us out and told us that he had passed. We were led into the emergency room where he lay with the accident. and, And I was given the gift of seeing him. He was already pronounced dead, but his soul hadn't left yet. He was still there and I was crying and I'm standing there and all of a sudden this, this calm came over me and I got to see, literally see his spirit rise from his body and go to the corner of the room. And, and he kind of hovered there for a second and said, goodbye mom. And off he went and I just sort of dissipated. And I was just calm from that moment on. And, you know, my father-in-law was in the room with us and he's going, you know, a couple of weeks later, we were talking about it. He said, what happened? And I shared with them and they're like, are you ever blessed? And I said, yeah, I know I am. Because from that point on, there was no doubt for me. There was no questioning, you know, our mind body connection Mm -hmm. that we continue on in the afterlife, right. Or second life or whatever you want to call it, because I big party in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think of him as gone. He's here all the time. And because I do connect with him. So I was fortunate right from that moment, to have that gift and and know that he does carry on. So we've been connecting since that moment on. It was just never a question. And then all, I think what an amazing gift to also immediately know that he was okay. You know, I think that oh, that's for sure. the, the biggest question. I think 
when we go through a loss and, you know, any kind of loss, but specifically like tragic losses that most people would identify as tragic and they are, but to have that immediate confirmation that they're no longer in pain, they're at peace, they're okay. You know, like they're, they're not wanting me to, you know, again, live in that trauma or be in that dark place. That's not what your loved one wants for you. And it's so hard to like hear that, but I think we've been trained that like, this is grief. This is what you do. And this is how we process it as opposed to, you know, some cultures celebrate it, right? So it's like, it's an interesting way that we kind of have to look at things and try to relate to them. And I think a lot of people are totally lost, which is why a teacher like you is so important because this to me is redefining the way we relate to spirit. It's redefining the way we relate to loss, to grief, to trauma. I think my question for you when it comes to like really narrowing down the focus of the type of people you want to work with. Do you think that that is, you want to be working with the families of people who've gone through a loss like that? Is that, does that attract you or is that kind of like not really the thing that brings you joy? Like, where does this all fall for you? You know, I, like I say, I say, say it so often. I love just speaking all things spirit. So I love to have conversations with people that are going through all sorts of things. If we're speaking spirit, I like to just get in there and talk about it. You know, synchronicities, all those kinds of things. I just love it so much, but it it does touch my heart a little bit more when I do have readings with people that have lost. And certainly it's a lot of work for me because I have to recognize and meet them where they are. I no, I was blessed to, to have the kind of thinking that I have. So I don't want to come off as harsh to people either because I'm I'm like, well, they're not actually dead, you know, as they're going through major grief because I was there. We cried for days. I was numb for days. We, I was angry. I went through, you know, all the stages of grief as a human. I still went through all of that. But I also had this underlying every time, but he's right here. Yeah. Not gone. But I'm just being selfish because I'm missing him. Uh, I have a story about going to Disneyland. Um, We decided to take our other two boys to Disneyland a a year after Travis passed, not even a year after, just to lighten things up. So we thought, let's go. And we went on this big trip. And our sons, you know, in Disneyland, when you go see Mickey Mouse, you go through the house and then Mickey Mouse is at the end. So I'm standing there and I'm watching my other two sons meet Mickey Mouse. And I was like, oh, Travis would love this. It was, you know, and I sort of was sad for a second. And then I heard in my mind, of course, he's like, but I'm right here. And I was like, okay, another blessing. So that gave me the tools to to recognize he's not missing a thing. I'm just missing him see Mickey Mouse. That's a selfish thing. I'm missing him meet Mickey Mouse. He's not missing anything. He's right here. He's enjoying it with us. He's collaborating. He's part of this trip every step of the way. He's not missing a thing. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that I was blessed to have where other people may in that moment just feel that sadness and that, you know, I got to discover that through him. And is that something that you teach other people? Say, for example, you know, in an ideal customer client kind of way, and it's this is that balance, everybody that's listening. It's like we can talk about these like deeply emotional you know, things. And then we also, because it's a business, we got to talk about the marketing side of it. So when it comes to the services that you provide or the, you know, again, working with these ideal customers who've gone through a loss that need to transform the way that they relate to the loss, how do you teach this part of it? Like, what does that look like? 
I think at the most part, you know, when, when Travis died, I looked for everything I could read, everything I could watch, like every movie I could to share the experience and just learn as much as I could. So I really treat a reading as when people come in, I can connect with their loved ones. I'm very good at mediumship and I can connect to the, with their loved ones, but I'm also good at sort of showing them, just proving that their loved ones still exist is first step right? To go from that, they come to me because they're open to the idea that they might, right? So the first reading is always about them just wanting validation that they're still there and that they're okay and that I can connect with them. So that's what I give them in that first reading, right? If if they're in that space of just total grief, a lot of, you know, clients come back later and say, okay, let's talk to my boy, let's get at it, you know, or let's talk to my child, I want to know this and this and they you know, because at first they're in such trauma that they, like I say, I have to meet them where they are. So I teach through experiences. I teach through connection, but I also teach through through just shared experience, right? Knowing what they're going through and meeting them where they are. There's a lot of times where I'm I'm holding myself in check and, and biting my tongue because I'm looking going, oh, I so want you to get this, but I know they're not ready to get it. So we have to kind of work through that, right? And Imagine being at a funeral, and this has happened to me lots, right? We have a a big community around, and I have a lot of uh, friends and relatives and stuff. And I go to a funeral, and I sit there. I smiled through my own son's funeral. There was a part where I I smiled through his own funeral because I saw him while I'm at the funeral. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I have to keep myself in check and go, people are going to think I'm nuts if I say this at this point, right? I have to be careful, did you get any any immediate pushback? I'm curious because this is something again, everybody listening, like when you start to share your gift and maybe you mm-hmm. haven't done it before, or there's like a circumstance like this, a lot of people I think are attached to like the way we're quote unquote supposed to behave or the way we're yeah. quote unquote supposed to process grief or the way we're supposed to appear. Were there people that were like, she's totally lost it, she's delusional? Or like what was that experience like to kind of go through this and and you know, like you were saying, you went through all the, the human parts of it, but at the, the underpinning, all of it was like, he's right here. He's okay. Was there anyone that tried to like talk you out of this or what was that like? When I, when I came back from that, that weekend that I went to, I literally got on Facebook and I suggest just do it. I jumped on Facebook and I said, guess what guys, this is what I did this weekend. And I realized that I'm really good at this and I'm going to start doing this. So anybody wants a free reading, get a hold of me. Cause I want to practice this. Anybody that's uncomfortable with it, feel free to block me, delete me, whatever you need to do, or come have a conversation with me. I had 40 or 50 bookings within a week. We'll be back with more right after this break. So just so everybody's listening, and I want to relate it to this, like you didn't step into your spiritual spotlight. You like karate chopped the door down out of the spiritual closet. Nobody even, like, nobody even knew. Into it. Yeah. <laughs> nobody knew I was going to the workshop. I just came home and said, boom, there it was. The only thing I do have to say, my youngest son, Devin, at the time when I really started working, he was, he would get a little bit snippy when he'd come over, he'd get a little bit angry and he, and he couldn't, and I couldn't understand. I was like, okay, he's dealing with some stuff. Now I have to preface this by saying my son, Devin could probably do this better than I can. He just doesn't uh-huh. articulate it well enough. So he, you know, I always say I have a redneck and a hippie and my redneck is, they're both very intuitive. 
but my redneck is very much, you know, we don't talk about our emotions and we don't do this sort of thing. So he's very in tune. So he had a really hard time, but I think it was because it was so much in his face. Um, He had friends that were asking him, so he didn't know how to handle it. But bless my husband. He's such, he's one of my biggest fans. He, He just, Devin was over one day and Arlen, my husband said, okay, buddy. Cause I said something and Devin kind of rolled his eyes and sort of, you could tell he was huffy about it. And Arlen just said, sit down. This is what your mother's doing now. This is her life. So you need to talk about this and find a way to be okay with this because in this family, we support each other. And we sat down and we had a talk and then he was fine from then on. And now he uses it all the time and he's good. And he, he, he just had his first, his first child. So I'm a grandma. He just had his first child three months ago. So, you know, he's very intuitive and his wife is very open. And so, yeah, it, it's become quite the family. Affair. I mean, and it, this is like, a in that sense, it's, it's, it's so beautiful to know that this connection and, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's like your connection with Travis gave you the strength to do what you're doing, to be able to like, just go for it. It was the validation you needed to like, just leap right yeah. into this as, as fully as you could and that your family supported you and in you know eventually or came around to it because a lot of people don't have that experience like i know especially in some cultures it's like totally forbidden to like do this yeah. kind of thing my you know my grandmother was very superstitious and you know to the point where we weren't allowed to do any of this and i remember i was playing with like a ouija board with friends and I've, she never had been more angry at me for doing that. And I remember her saying, you should never reach through the veil because you don't know what you're going to bring back with you. And the way she said it and the way that I interpreted it for such a long time was that it's bad and it's dangerous and it's scary. But then as I got older and I started, you know, working with teachers and being at Hay House and going through that whole crisis of consciousness or whatever it was at the time, you know, and coming to the other side of it and reinterpreting that message to be that you don't know what you're going to bring back with it doesn't necessarily mean bad. It could be amazing, incredible things. So for me, that was that was the breakthrough moment was just being able to to shake off this thing that I had been carrying around for a long time that this is somehow bad or wrong or it's like dangerous. But in reality, it is such a beautiful life affirming spirit affirming, you know, incredible opportunity for people to get in touch with a part of themselves that is easy to forget. Let's put it that way, that, you know, it's easy to forget that we're spiritual beings, you know, here on Earth, it's easy to forget that we're all connected and that everywhere is everything all at once. Like it's easy to forget all of these things because life gets hard sometimes. So grateful that you had this awesome experience in doing that because it, it is uplifting and then it encourages other people to make that same leap, which is great. Yeah. And I, you know what, I, I know that there are people we've, I've only had a couple people, I think because I'm such a strong personality, they're like, why would I fight with her about this? But it's her life, whatever. But, but uh, don't mess with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have had a couple people say, I don't believe in what you're doing. I don't like what you're doing. And I'll be like, that's okay. We'll have the conversation when we're both dead. It's yeah. good. Like, oh, I love that. I'm going to, can I borrow that? <laughs> of course you can. But that's why I tell them, you know, we, we don't have to argue about it here. We'll talk about it when we're dead. You know, yeah. and to me, that's just like, I, I just didn't get into it with people, but also with the connection. I know a lot of people disagree with me. But I am a person who really believes in, I believe in law of attraction, not law of assertion. I believe we have total control over our environment. I have total control over my connection. I always say I plug into source energy. I plug into the positive energy. 
I've never, ever had a negative experience. Not one, because I just don't have that. Well, I, I can't say that. I did read a book before I got into this really, and I can't remember the name of the book. And I went to bed and I had this, I guess, experience where I felt this dark shadow kind of come over me while I was laying in my bed. And I just went, go away. And it did. So that to me, it was like, and even now looking back, I don't know that it was like a negative or dark shadow. It was just energy that I was picking up on and I was uncomfortable with it because I didn't know what it was. Now that I do the work, I'm like, bring it on. There's, there's nothing because right. if I'm plugged so It in- sounds like you've got a really healthy system of boundaries too. Um, you know, yes. the, the vibe I'm getting from you is definitely mama bear. Like, don't mess with me. <laughs> And so I feel like energy probably can goes <laughs> like, okay, we're not going to mess with her. <laughs> well, that was even my sister, you know, and this is, you've got to understand, I come from a family who is very open. I always call them lovingly the walking dead because we never had a religious sort of, a, I'm sorry, I'm so blunt. We were never indoctrinated into any kind of a religion really, right? So, you know, through school, yes, we had the Christmas pageants and there was Mary and Joseph and the whole thing. So I had a little bit of an understanding of, you know, heaven and and there being something beyond who we are. And that was it. We were very open. And I, I think I was blessed to have parents that were walking dead and not indoctrinated into anything because it allowed us to just be intuitive and open. And yeah. my dad's mom used to be, we always knew grandma knew things. So we just, if grandma said, you know, I'm not comfortable with you guys going out, or I had a dream about the bridge last night and I don't think you should go out all of us kids would avoid that bridge like we just knew grandma was intuitive we never thought of it in terms of she's psychic or anything we just thought grandma knows things and when you grow up that way it was an easy transition and and for me like I said I I there was no argument for me because I was given that moment to recognize you know and have Travis uh say okay I'm I'm here I'm still here I'm still alive so there's no question for me. So it's easy for me to stand on my soapbox and go, I know, I know that we continue on. This is the way it is. And now I have control of it. And, you know, I literally sat down and wrote out a contract when I got back from that weekend, that workshop, because I don't like scary things. I don't like even watching commercials on TV that scare me. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want that in my head because I don't need that, those visuals. So I sat down and wrote a contract to my team, you know, my guides and my angels, whoever was there, Travis, and said, if I'm doing a reading and somebody's been decapitated, don't show me that. Tell me that. I, I don't want to see that because I don't want it in my brain. I don't. So I avoid, you know, really bad shows and everything. I try not to watch them because I don't want to be doing a reading and have that as an interpretation. Right. As a reference. Exactly. I'm, I'm clear cognizant. I think I would say that's my my superpower. I'm a know it all. Right. So it's like, OK, if you can just tell me bonus, I don't I don't want to see the ugly. If you have to show me specifics or you have to show me things, then great. I'm all for it. And I've certainly got to the place now where I'm like, bring it on. Whatever you need to show me, I'm good. But I they still know to do it in a gentle way or to come around a way so that I don't have to have that that image in my mind. So I, I think where where everybody's going now, because everyone's like, and then, and then, and then, how do people work with you? And I think I'll ask it in two ways. First, how does somebody find you to get a reading? So just diannecourtley.com. You can go onto my website and just book a reading on online. And then I do have workshops in person. I have what I call Awakening the Light Within. 
It's a two-day in-person psychic workshop. I live in Northern Alberta, Canada. So, I mean, not everybody can, can make it here, but I have this two-day workshop where we just play with energy. Literally for two days, I immerse you into guided meditations. We talk energy. I do all sorts of modalities. You know, we work with pendulums and energy rods and all sorts of fun stuff just to see where you fit, you know, and, and to recognize that you play with energy and that you have control of it. So that's a real immersive class. I also do that as an online class where I actually send you a cute little box in the mail. You get as part of your thing, you get a little box with all the tools you need to play with us and we do it online. So people really enjoy that one. So we have that class as well. And then I have an advanced mediumship class and that one's in person. I do it at my inn. Like I I told you, we have a six suite inn. So I have a beautiful inn on the lake, one of our lakes here. It's right on the water. So I host the workshops there, which is really nice. Yeah. So you can just go on my website. I do a 12 month reading card reading where I just take a video and do a card reading as spread for 12 months that I can do for you and soul spirit. Oh, I have a Facebook group, soul spirit with Diane Courtley that you can just go to my website and you pay. It's $44 a year. I make it cheap, 44 bucks a year. And it gives you access to the exclusive group. And then I go into that Facebook group Try to at least once a week. Sometimes I'm a little busy, but at least once a week. And I interview people and I do card readings and guided meditations and all sorts of stuff. So that's another way to access me. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I want everyone to hear that because if someone's in crisis and somebody needs a reading and experiencing a loss, then they can, you can meet them at that level. If somebody's curious about learning about their connection to energy and spirit and communication, you can meet them at that level. And then you've also got this advanced opportunity for people who are looking to grow and expand. So I really have to hand you some credit and applaud you for sensing and knowing that there are people who are all of these different places, and then you're creating opportunities for them and you can meet them where they are. I do want to add, sorry, I do want to add with the advanced workshop. I, what I found was I was doing this advanced workshop and then I would have all these people come, you know, they're all excited and they, they learn that they can connect and they're, you know, their psychic abilities are at the top and then they go away and you just leave them. And I was like, this isn't working. I, you know, they weren't doing anything with it after. So I'm like, so I created a group called wisdom sisters and wisdom is women in support and development of mediumship wisdom. Love it. So If you take my advanced workshop, you immediately become a wisdom sister. It's all free. After that, I I do practices, sometimes online, in person, whatever. We do all these practices and I get together and I don't charge for anything. It's just supporting the people that come and are part of my wisdom sisters. And then we do a big event where um, we're having one here in my town for Mother's Day, where it's all the wisdom sisters that choose to out of the group come and in the morning, they introduce themselves in person. We set chairs up and they introduce themselves in the afternoon. They can do card reading so people can pay and have their card read. And then in the evening, I do a big group reading and any of the wisdom sisters that want to practice and come up, I sort of help them through it. So that's a wisdom sister event too. So there's lots of support after. Just so amazed and and honestly in awe of everything that you've created because to me, it is absolutely a labor of love for you. Like this work, I know it, I can tell. And for it to be this this journey that people could go on, I would imagine, and I'm sure there's got to be at least a couple of people who've come in for a reading 
and have followed that entire path all the way to becoming a wisdom sister and transform their lives. And then they're going on and transforming the lives of other people. This is what we're talking about. You're such an amazing example of just saying, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to create. This is how I'm going to, I'm going to build it and follow me along at every step. I'm going to meet you at every single place that you're at. And then even afterwards, you're still part of a family. You're still part of a community and go out there and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. What an incredible resource. So anyone who's listening, if any of this is attractive to you, please, please, please go to Diane's website at dianecourtley.com and sign up for wherever you are on the journey uh, to figure out what it is that's next for you. Again, I'm so grateful to have you as part of my group and that you know we get to see what you're up to and get to connect on a regular basis. And thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Any final thoughts or words you'd say to somebody who's considering whether or not they should book a reading or sign up for one of your classes? I think the biggest thing is my goal is to be found. Because when I lost my son, I looked, I searched for people, a community that could share and speak the language of spirit. I mean, I got to that point, but even just at the beginning stages, I just was searching for stories like mine, a community, a connection, somebody that could speak the language of what I was going through at the time. And really that's, that's my goal is to be found and to create other people that can be found and to support them and help them on their way. So that that's my goal is just to support. I'd love this to be, you know, a huge community so that people that need support in all sorts of grief, it doesn't have to be just the loss of a child or even the loss of a loved one. It can be a divorce. It can be, you know, a loss of a job. We've all gone through some terrible things the last couple of years. And there's been a, a lot of loss in many different ways. And, you know, when people are in trauma, it doesn't matter what kind of trauma it is or what kind of tears are being shed. People need support. So I just want to network out as much as I can and get as many people involved and give them the tools that they need. Not that I'm going to be anybody's guru because I really want them to find their own superpower and to go out there. That's why my wisdom sisters are always say, I don't, I call them my wisdom sisters because I facilitate the group, but that's as far as I go. Once we're all together, we all play and practice and learn together. So it's, you know, it's just supporting other women. And we even have one man in the group too. So it's not just women. I was going to ask. <laughs> yes, we do allow men into the wisdom sister groups. We do have one gentleman that has joined us and we call him sister. He's fine with it. So whatever. <laughs> and his wife's fine. Everybody's good with it. We're good. But yeah, it's just, I want to be found at the end of the day. And I want people to be able to find support. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Step Into Your Spiritual Spotlight podcast with me, the Mooniverse, and another spiritual entrepreneur that's making a big difference in the world. To find out more, visit www.themooniverse.com. That's T-H-E-M-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-E.com. Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. 
On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.